This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Hello, this is Trey Johnson with Being Your Best with Trey Johnson, and we want to welcome you to the show today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're excited about what God is sharing with us. Even though things might be going chaos in our world today, you and I can be safe in an unsafe environment. And that's what we're going to get into today. Knowing more about our relationship with God, knowing more about our inheritance, knowing how to walk with God with confidence and trust and boldness, knowing that He is not only in us, but He's with us and He's for us. And so let's get into the Word today. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1, it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Verse 2, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parent, unthankful. And it goes on and it's talking about for the next couple of verses, unloving, traitors, blasphemers. Uh, and then in verse 5, it says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power from such people turn away. Now think about that for a moment. He says in the last days. Now we are living in the latest days that there's ever been. So they had a sense that they were in the last days there, but you and I, we've lived thousands of years past that. And so here we are today, and he says, perilous times will come. Well, you can look around, you can look at the stock market, you can look at the virus that's going on. And he says, in these last days, don't just have a form of godliness. Don't play church. Don't just carry your big Bible and your bumper sticker and don't, don't just go through the motions. See, we can, we can pretend like everything's fine when everything is fine on the outside, but what are we doing when the pressure comes on us on the outside? That's where we're at today. Go with me to Psalms chapter 4. Psalms chapter 4. And if you've been tuning in the past several weeks, we've been talking about our protection. We've been talking about how to position ourselves uh, in our relationship with God to get God to show up in our life. Psalms... Chapter 4, verse 8, in the Amplified, it says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you, Lord, alone make me dwell in safety and confident trust. So notice he says, I'm not only going to lay down, but I'm going to lie down and I'm going to do it in peace. For you, Lord, alone make me dwell in safety, is what the New King James Version says. Now think about that for a moment, that it's ultimately, it's God who protects us. It's God who has His cover over us. It is God. He's, he's our God. You know, in Deuteronomy, he's, God's talking to the people because they had rejected God, and they went off and did their own thing, and then the enemy came against them, and then they started calling out to God again, and God says, well, what about the other gods that you chose over me? Why don't you go to them and let them save you and let them rescue you? Now, we know in today's uh, our covenant with God, that, that God is merciful and God is gracious, but, but the point is still the same, that we can't reject God, play church, go through the motions, and, and still expect Him to show up in every area of our life. No, He has His part. We have our part. It's a relationship. It's a, it's a covenant. Of course, we get the better end of the deal. You know, we're bringing all that we have to Him, but He's given us everything that He is to us. I mean, we get the better end of the deal. And one of the parts of our covenant with God is living a safe life 
in an unsafe world. And that's, man, that should bring so much peace and so much confidence on the inside of each and every one of us. Now go with me to Psalms 91. And here we've been digging into Psalms 91, and we're going to continue to, to dig into Psalms 91 because we discover a lot about how we can position ourselves in our relationship with God for God to show up in our life and protect our business, protect our family, protect our kids, protect everything that we have. And so in verse 1, he says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, the under the shadow of the Almighty. Later on, it talks about him covering us. You, you hear this word under, you hear the word cover, you hear the word hide, you hear that this is what God wants to do to you and I, but we have to make the choice that I'm going to abide in his word. I'm going to abide in his presence. I'm going to be connected to the relationships that I'm supposed to be connected to. Now, don't get me wrong. We're going to make mistakes. We, 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 we should be getting better all the time. And His mercy is sufficient every day. His grace is sufficient every day. And so it's important for you and I to stay in the process of continuing to choose daily that I'm going to abide in His Word. I'm going to abide in His presence. I'm going to abide at the house of God. I'm going to, I'm going to be growing in my relationship with God. So first and foremost, our part, we abide, we dwell. Verse 2, and I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Now, this is very important because saying you, you're taking ownership. This is who God is to you. Now, this is a spiritual law that whatever you say God is to you, that's what He will be to you. What I mean by that, if you just say that He is your Savior, well, then He's going to be your Savior. We know Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It says, all who call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So when you call upon Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's who He is to you. Whatever you say that God is to you, that's who He is to you. If you say he's your healer, then that's who he becomes to you. If you say he's your provider, that's who he comes, becomes to you. If you say that he is your rock and your refuge and your fortress and your protection, your high tower, that's who he becomes to you. I know that I want him to be my protector. I want him to be my high tower. I, this isn't a time to be religious and, and to have a mindset of, well, God will do it for some, but he won't for others. No, God is no respecter of person, but he is a respecter of faith. And he's saying, I need you to say, and, and the psalmist David was so bold and so confident. He's saying, because I've been abiding in the presence of God, because I've been going after God, it just comes out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, God, you are my refuge, my fortress, my high tower, and you I will trust. So our part is to abide and dwell and to say. Verse 3, then this starts going into God's part. Verse 3, surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the peerless pestilence. Surely, that's a, a for sure deal. He will, he will. You should say, he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler. He will deliver me from the pestilence. He will deliver me from the coronavirus. He will de deliver me from the economy doing what it's done. He will. This is God's part and he's promising it to me and he's promising it to you. Verse four, 
and he shall cover us with his feathers and under his wings shall we take refuge and his truth shall be your shield and buckler. So notice he's saying, because you're abiding and dwelling and you're saying these things that God says, I'm going to deliver you from the pestilence, from the snare of the fowler. I'm going to cover you under my wings. I will, I will, I will. That, that, that reminds me, Hebrews chapter 13, verses five, verses six, and he's talking about God never leaving us. And he says in the Amplified Translation, verse 5, then verse he says, I will not, I will not, I will not leave you helpless or without support. I will not. And in verse 6, he says, because you understand that God will not leave you, he says, I will boldly say that God is my helper and what shall man do to me? I will not be afraid. See, there's a boldness that comes out of you whenever you know who you are in Christ Jesus and you know the God that you serve. And this is the place that David is coming from. I will boldly say he is my refuge, my fortress, and I'm confident that God is protecting me. He's covering me. He's leading me. He's guiding me. Let's keep going. Verse, verse 5. Now this is back to your part and my part. He says, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow the, that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. He says, you will not be afraid. This is your part. It's, it's our decision not to be afraid. Now, now hold your place right there, and I want to go to Psalms 27. It's just to the left of where we're at. And I want to read a few verses here in verse 1, Psalms 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. He says, though a war may rise against me in this, I will be confident. What was he saying? I have an opportunity to be afraid, but I'm not going to do it. This army could be coming against me, but I'm not going to do it. This virus could be popping up everywhere, but I'm not going to be afraid. The economy could be doing all kinds, but I will not be afraid. That should be something that just rolls out of your mouth. 2 Timothy 1.7, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound, calm, well-balanced mind. Now you think about the, the word, uh, a calm, well-balanced mind, a sound mind. When you look at it in the Greek translation, it's meaning that you have a, a saved mind. You begin to think like a saved person. You begin to think like a person that's protected. You begin to think like a person that's provided for. You begin to think like you're redeemed. You begin to think like you're walking in relationship with Almighty God. He says, when fear comes, realize I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but I gave you the spirit of power. Power comes from exousia. It's dynamic power, like dynamite. He says, power and love. Love is so important because our faith works by love. And he said, and then you begin to to think like a saved person. I want to think like a saved person. How about you? Let's go back to Psalms 91. So you see in Psalms 27 that David is saying, all this stuff is happening, but I'm not going to be afraid. You should look at your spouse. You should look at your kids. You should look at your friends and say, you know what? I know all this is going on in the world, but I refuse to fear. I trust God. I'm confident in God. His word never fails. He always watches over his word to perform it. I will not fear. Remember Psalms 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I 
make a decision. I will not fear. I'm going through it. I'm not going to build a house here. I'm not going to pitch a tent here. I'm not going to get all my mail forwarded to the valley of the shadow of death. This is where I'm going to stay forever. Oh my gosh, my life is over. He says, no, allow the shepherd to lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. And why he's leading you through this, do not fear. Let's keep going. Verse 6, he says, You're not going to be afraid of the arrows that fly by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Then in verse 7, you hear this confidence, this boldness come back in David. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Now, once again, we've got to make a decision. I'm going to believe God's word. If God is going to show up for anybody, it's going to be me. If God's going to answer anybody's prayers, he's going to answer my prayers. If God's going to protect anybody, it's going to be me. Why? Because I'm I'm after him in relationship. I'm abiding, I'm dwelling, and then I'm saying, God, this is who you are to me. And God says, I'm going to cover you. I'm going to protect you. You don't be afraid because I've got your back. And then he says, a thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. It won't come near me. You've got to get that coming out of your mouth. Verse 9, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor any plague come near your dwelling. That means the coronavirus. That means any virus. That means any sickness or disease. It doesn't have a right to have dominion and authority over you and I. Now, verse 11, he goes on, he says, For he gives his angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. In their hands they shall bear us up, lest they dash their foot against a stone. Now, remember, every one of us, Matthew 18, verse 10, every one of us have an angel assigned to us, at least one angel. And in Kings, it talks about one angel taking out 185,000 men. And you see angels ministering to Elijah. You see angels ministering to Jesus. You see angels uh, ministering for the heirs of salvation. Hebrews 1, 14, that's you and I. We've, we've received Jesus. We're born again. It's our inheritance. And he says, angels are assigned by God to minister for you. What do they do? They protect us. They guide us. They direct us. They pick us up if they have to. They move us out of the way if they have to. They intervene if they have to. Just have confidence that God's word is true and that you have angels. Well, how do I keep the angels working in my life? Well, how come some people are protected and some people aren't? And a lot of it has to, you know, you don't know what people think or really what they believe, you know, behind closed doors or when the pressure situation comes, comes on their life. But angels are given right to work by the words that come out of our mouth. Psalms 103, verse 20, the angels hearken unto the voice of the word of God. They, they move whenever we're speaking the word of God, and they don't move whenever we're, we have our hands folded. I mean, I praise God that my mom and dad, they, they knew how to pray and, 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 and it kept my angels working throughout my life. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm all boy. I've done a lot of dumb stuff. I mean, I shouldn't be here. I should be dead. But there's so many times that I know angels, you know, now I'm on the other side of it, that angels had, had my back. They were protecting me. You know, I remember this one time I was in college and me and a friend, we were out doing stuff we shouldn't have been done. We was going too fast down this dirt road and this, this truck just began to roll through the pasture and it had just a single cab sleeper on it. And whenever it stopped, whenever I started to roll, I just reached over and grabbed her and put her down into the floorboard and this truck just rolled and rolled and it just smushed it. I mean, even, even just, just, just smushed the top of it even there. When we stopped, there was a Bible sitting right in front of us. 
I know that angels spared our life because we walked away from there completely whole. I could tell you stories for hours of just, but angels, that's all I can say, but angels, (laughs) you have angels. Let's keep going. In verse 13, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Notice this. So he's talking about all these things because you're saying God is your refuge and God is your fortress and you're in relationship with God and you're refusing to fear and you're keeping your angels working. He says in the Amplified, you shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Now, a a lion, an adder, a serpent, a scorpion, all these, they, they represent things that kill, steal and destroy. They represent things that sting. They represent things that hurt. Anything that kills, steals, and destroys, he says that you and I have power and authority over the, the powers of darkness. Colossians 1, 12, and 13, it says that you and I have been delivered from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And part of our inheritance when we come into the family of God is that now the devil has been defeated in our life. He's been brought to nothing. He's been brought to zero. He's been made of nothing. And you you might be thinking, well, then how come he still has so much power on this earth? Well, he's the little G God of this world, but he's not your God. He's not my God. And when we come into this family, he said, now I give you the keys of the kingdom. Now I give you the name of Jesus. I give you the blood of Jesus. Revelations chapter 12, it says that they overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Once again, it goes back to what are you saying? Part of your victory is in your mouth. Part of your victory is in your mouth. 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says the spirit of faith, we have it and we believe according to what's written. We believe, therefore we speak. See, it's always what you're saying. It gives angels a right to operate. What you're saying gives God a right to watch over his word to perform it that comes out of your mouth. What are you saying? When you got saved, you had to believe in your heart and declare with your mouth. You had to say something. We have so much power in our relationship with God. And he says, Now, part of your protection is knowing that, okay, God covers me and God protects me. But on the other part of your protection, knowing that you have authority in Christ Jesus, knowing that you have dominion. Romans chapter five, verse 17, it says you and I are supposed to rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. You and I are. We're made in the image and likeness of God. He gave us dominion and authority. Yes, when Adam sinned, we were separated from God. But because of Jesus, we received Jesus. We're connected back in our relationship with God. He says, now you rule. Now you reign. Now you understand that God's going to protect you, but you have authority to continue to possess the land. You have authority to speak to that virus and that cancer and that sickness and that disease that it does not belong in your family. It does not belong in your body. Go with me to Luke chapter 9. I just want to show you a few scriptures that I, I believe will just, when we get a hold of them and we start operating in them, on your way over to Luke chapter 9, I just want to stop by John chapter 14, verse 12. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, and the Father that, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Notice in verse 12, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. When Jesus went to the Father, 
He left you and I the name that is above every name. When Jesus went to the Father, He left us His Spirit. When He went to the Father, He left us His peace. When He went to the Father, He left all things that pertain to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. Let's look at Luke chapter 9. Say, I have authority. It's important that you and I understand that, okay, God's protecting us, and I can be confident that angels are assigned to me, angels are with me, I'm going to go forward. I have dominion, I have authority. Luke 9, verse 1, And then He called His twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases, and He sent them to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick. Now this sounds just like Psalms 91, verse 13. It says that He gave them power and authority over all demons. What's behind the coronavirus? What's behind the economy crash? What's behind anything that kills, steals, and destroys? And Jesus is saying, I give you authority over all the demonic powers that are influencing the coronavirus. I give you a power and authority over all dis-ease, dis-ease, dis Ease, any disease that causes dis-ease, anything that brings dis-ease in our life. We have power and dominion and authority. Yeah, it changes the way that we're doing stuff right now, and it, and it hinders some certain things just in the natural, but we're going to come out of this stronger and better and faster and quicker. Our economy is going to be better than ever. We're going to know God more. We're going to know ourselves more, our gifts, our talents, our passions, our calling. See ourselves as the disciples. Jesus is saying, I gave you power and authority over over all demons and over all disease. And I'm sending you to preach the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing things, God's way of operating. Preach doesn't mean just somebody that sits up behind a pulpit. It means to proclaim. It means to live it. It means to be a doer of the word of God in your sphere of influence. And in verse 6, So they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So that, that, that was the 12. Now go with me to Luke chapter 10. Say, I have authority. Say, I have dominion. Luke chapter 10, verse 1, And after these things the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before His face into every city and place where He Himself was about to go. Then He said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. Verse 9, and it says, and, it, and to heal the sick there, and heal the sick there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So notice in Luke 9, now notice up to this point, Jesus was doing all the ministry. Then he pulls the disciples to him and he says, guys, there's so many people to minister to. I'm going to send you out and I'm going to give you the same power that I have. You have it. I'm going to the same authority I have. You have it. So the 12 go out. Well, here in Luke chapter 10, he comes and he pulls together the 70. So you have the 12. Now you have the 70. There's 82 of them now that are operating in this power and in this authority. Look at Luke 10, verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject, subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notice what he said. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subjects. Even the things that kill, steal, and destroy are subject to us. 
not because of us, but because of the power and authority that come from you that you've given to us. The demons are even, the coronavirus is even, the, the con- whatever it is that kills, steals, and destroys. I know you might not have been taught this before, but let's go to the Word of God. The, Jesus didn't operate as the Son of God here. He's operating as a, as a man like you and I, anointed by the Spirit of God, and then He gives the same authority to the disciples. And He goes on in verse 17, He says, The demons are subject to us in your names, verse 18. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Think about how fast lightning comes from heaven. He didn't float down. He didn't get his his hands spanked. It says, I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. And then he goes in verse 19, Behold, I give you this same authority, the same authority that cast him out of heaven, the same authority that the 12 are walking in, the same authority that the 70 are walking in. He says, I give you the authority to trample on snakes, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing, nothing shall by any means harm you. Nothing is coronavirus a something. Yeah, it's a something. He says, and nothing, not even any something, will have power and authority over you. Now go with me to Luke chapter 4. We have power, we have authority, we have dominion. Luke chapter 4, verse 32. Uh, Trying to decide how much I want to read of this for time's sake. Verse 32, And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit, an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Jesus, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. See, the demons, they even recognized who he was. But Jesus, you be quiet, because I'm operating as a man right now. I'm not operating as the Son of God. That's eventually what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the sacrifice. I'm going to be the substitute. I'm going to take away the sins of the world. But right now, I'm operating as a man anointed by the Spirit of God. So you be quiet. He was showing us how to shut the devil up. And in verse 36, And they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What word is this? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. Verse 38, Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house, But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. Listen to this. Sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she arose and served him. So see the authority and the dominion that Jesus was walking in, and he was our example, that he stood over his mother-in-law, and he rebuked the fever. So we've got to ask this question, can fevers hear? Apparently, fevers can hear because he stood over, rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served him. So if a fever can hear, can the coronavirus hear? Yeah. Can that infection hear? Can that cancer hear? Can that disease hear? Can that lack hear? Can anything that kills, steals, and destroys hear? Yes, it can hear. Remember the times when Jesus, he was speaking to the fig tree, cursing it at a troop, saying, you'll never produce from this time forward? Why? Because it could hear. He understood the power of his words. He understood that he had dominion and authority, and he is our example living here on the earth. Remember we read a while ago, John 14, verse 12. 
He says, the works that you saw me do, speaking to the fever, you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. How can we do greater works? Because you're, you're filled with this spirit. If you're a born again child of God, you have the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is above Corona. The name of Jesus is above fear. The name of Jesus is above sickness. The name of Jesus is above lack. The name of Jesus is above divorce and strife and hindrance and poverty. The name of Jesus is against that tumor of the person that's watching this right now. I curse that tumor right now and I command you to dissipate and wither up and die in Jesus name. See, we have dominion and power and authority in the name of Jesus. Yes, it is important to know we are protected, but also know that the one who is protecting you is the one who's backing you up. He's the one that's enforcing you. He's the one that's giving you his name. He's the one that's giving you his spirit. He's the one that's giving you his power. First John 4, 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. 44s, get your 44s on. We have dominion. We have authority over any of the tactics of the enemy. How do I know if it's an, a, a tactic of the enemy or if it's from God? Anything that kills, steals, and destroys, that's from the enemy. Remember in John 10, 10, Jesus said, it is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Anything that is abundant life is of God. Is protection abundant life? Yes. Is God covering you with his wings, abundant life? Yes. Is you realizing you have angels that have charge over you? Is that abundant life? Yes. Is, is you having dominion and authority over anything that kills, steals, and destroys? Is that abundant life? The answer is yes. Second Corinthians 1.20, let all the promises of God in him be yes and amen. In other words, when you're praying about your protection, you know what God's answer is? Yes. When you're praying about your provision, you know what God's answer is to you? Yes. When you're praying about God giving you wisdom, you know what his answer is to you? Yes. When you're praying about that dream, you know what God's answer to you is? Yes. 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 God is in you. God is with you. God is for you. His answer to you is yes. He wants you protected. Yes. He wants you to be your best. Yes. 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 You have dominion. You have authority. You are protected by Almighty God. This too will pass. We come out of this time in our country stronger, bolder than ever before. God bless you guys. This is Trey Johnson with Being Your Best. I look forward to seeing you again next week. Keep growing, keep going. God bless you guys.